Shalom Ubracha, nice to be back. You have something, yeah, a dedication, sponsor, what? <laughs> okay. Okay, Bezer Hashem, we are gonna, the class tonight will be two parts. We're gonna first go through a summary of one of Rabbeinu's most amazing lessons, lesson 24 of the Kutimaran and a very specific point that Rav Nosen develops as such a key for communication, that's the idea of this year tonight. And then the follow-up, which is, which is the goal, is a presentation for, I guess, the first time you'll probably hear this, it's called the 40-day challenge, okay? 40-day challenge in Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman's Lesson 24. Okay, first we want to give an, an, a, a setup of how this lesson works, okay? This lesson, by the way, 24, was given in the middle of the summer, about the year 1803-1804. And it was a spontaneous Shabbos that the Breslevers came to be by Rabbeinu in Breslev. And it wasn't one of the fixed times that he spoke. And on Shabbos day, he was speaking with such, sorry, Friday night, he was speaking with such intensity, no one understood what he was saying. It was on fire, so much so that he covered his face with a, with a pachele, with a, with a mitpachat, of a cloth. And Rav Nosin, handkerchief, and where Rav Nosin peeked on the back, and Rabbeinu's face was on fire. Okay, it was the Torah of Hitlahavut. And only after that we had, it's a Lashon Rabbeinu Torah, which means that it's word for word from the Rebbe. It wasn't like the other Torahs where Rav Nosin heard it, he wrote it down and gave it to Rabbeinu for his approval, for his askama. This is word for word from, from, from Rabbeinu, this Torah. Okay? Rav Nosin in the Kuta Alachot. He invests so much on this Torah. The two points that come out, which we're going tonight, is the point of the Simcha. Okay, we spoke about it last time we were on the Simcha, we went into it. How powerful and how necessary is Simcha. And the follow-up of the Simcha is this concept of knowing the integration between emotion and intellect and knowing how to have relationships with people. This is especially in Shalom Bayit, by the way. That's the main place that this is going to take place. Rav Nosen himself opens this up in the Kutelachot. It's called Hilchot Ishu Talachadalet, which is the laws of marriage. Rav Nosen goes into the whole secret of marriage. But the, the bottom line is, is a balance of emotion versus intellect. How Rabbeinu explains it in this lesson is fascinating. It's a new world. And again, if psychologists were to see this, and how it's developed by Rabbeinu, they would throw everything in the garbage and invest in Rabbeinu's derech of davening and learning and working with the etzot and the healing of, of the tzaddik. Mm-hmm. Just to recap uh, an important point in Chaim Moharan, that Rabbeinu says like this, before uh, uh, an outstanding tzaddik comes down to this world, it's possible to serve Hashem with the standard Torah tradition of Judaism and Yiddishkeit and Torah that's passed down, midor le door, even in Galut. However, once Hashem opens the doors and allows a big neshama, like the Arya Kadosh, the Baal Shem Tov, the to come to the world, it becomes now, this is Rabbeinu's word in Chaim Moran, impossible to serve Hashem without that tzaddik. The Bir Likutim, it's a deep commentary on the Kutim Moran, he explains that why is this? This is for the sake of for free will to exist. If now such a Kedusha comes down to the world, there has to come a corresponding Tuma, impurity, darkness, that it's impossible to be saved from this 
except through this light of the tzaddik. So this explains the crazy things people are going through today, literally crazy, especially with the internet and the, the, the technology and what people are going through, crazy things. You never, if our, like what we say, if our grandparents heard what we're going through, they would flip out. The crazy nisyonot going through today, why? Because matching the light of tzaddikim that are available, that are here, there's such a tuma, it forces people to pursue, or people will get sunken in Yehush and just forget about it and they say, give up and not knowing what to do, or person will seek a refuah and eventually come across the right address, which is the tzaddikim. Some people take a long time, but other people with the sincerity, huh? 15 times. Okay, let's continue now. So with this in mind, look at the refuah found in this lesson. You hear at song, we should be zocher to express it clearly and to see the unbelievable benefit of this, these ideas in daily life, the challenges of daily life. So Rabbeinu starts the lesson like this. He says like this, that the starting point of every Jew, whether it's on a daily basis, whether it's in life, okay, or whether it's in periods of the year, like there's months, like now there's a new period called Elul, Zman Elul, okay, or winter, summer, there's different different, uh, what's it called, coordinates and gear shifts in a person's life, if it's daily, if it's monthly, if it's in his life itself, in his adulthood, his younghood, his middle-agehood, his 20s, his 30s, the beginning point is always in darkness. Just like the day starts, okay, the Jewish day starts, night first, and then day, that's how it is. We start off in a disposition, in the wrong position, not wrong, but in, the, in, a, in a difficult position of darkness, okay? This is the place we start off. What is the darkness we start off in? That we have a challenge to try to connect to Hashem in the darkness. This is done through mitzvot. Mitzvot is our key to connect the darkness of this world to Hashem. This is what the Arizal explains. The mission of, this, of us hidden in the world is to what's called collect nitzotzot. To collect holy sparks that were sent throughout the, the universe before Adam Arishon was created even. It's called Shvirat HaKelim in the wording of the Kabbalah. We were sent in this world. To, uh, the goal is to connect. How do we connect? To the mitzvot. The mitzvah is our connector between this world and Hashem. We say, right? Oraita, Israel, Bekucha Bichu, Kolachad. Hashem, the Torah, and the Yidin were one. Meaning, when we do a mitzvah, which is Torah, okay, we are actually connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is hidden in the word for mitzvah itself. The word mitzvah is Mem Tzadik, Vav He. The Vav He, this, this is, I think, the Ramak, or the Ramchal says this. The Vav He of mitzvah is from the Yudke Vav Ke. It's the Vav Ke of Hashem's name. And what's the Mem Tzadik? The Mem Tzadik is in Atbash. Atbash is a gematria. We take the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet and we fold them. You have 11 here, 11 here, and we fold them. So Aleph now is corresponding to the last letter, Tav. Bed is corresponding to the Sheen, okay? Gimel is to the Resh, okay? So in that format, the Mem corresponds to Yud, and the Tzadik of Mitzvah is K. So you have hidden in Mitzvah Yud K Vav K. But the Mem Tzadik is hidden. It's a concealment, it's a Halama. Why? Because the Yud K part of Yud K Vav K is corresponding to the upper connection of HaKadosh Baruch that we have no connection at all. This is like beyond our grasp, totally. We have interaction on the lower parts, what's called Vav K, okay? 
we say in every mitzvah we do, remember? L'shem Yichud, Kuchav Yichud, right? Yud, we, our goal is to do Yichud of Yud Kevavke to the mitzvah. Okay? We are, by doing the mitzvah, you are now rejoining Hashem Himself. It's something unbelievable. This far, I'm bringing this down. When you're holding Lulav and Etchog in its proper uh, category, you're doing the mitzvah properly. And not like, uh, like Rav Nosson said once. When Rav Nosson saw someone, a chassid davening shacharis at 3 in the afternoon, and he was davening bitlavut. He was davening with such fire. So Rav Nosson said, it's like someone who has a beautiful Etchog, but for Hanukkah. <laughs> at the wrong time. It's beautiful Etchog. It's beautiful, but it's not the right time. Okay? So meaning, when a person does the mitzvah, as it's supposed to, de- to be done, even minimum. Okay, so in Sukkot, we do a little bit of a chog. You have all day to scare to do it. Even in the morning, you do it in the afternoon, okay? When you're holding any mitzvah, Yom Kippur, Talmud Torah, Abracha, you're mamash connecting to Hashem directly. The mitzvah is a, a, a perspective, a gisha, a, a handle to a Baruch Hu himself. This is scary to say, but this is the truth. Your mom is connecting to God when you're holding on any mitzvah, when you're doing a mitzvah. Phenomenal. This is our goal. The mitzvah of the Am Yisrael is what connects what's in this world back to the Ebeshter, back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay? So now, the problem is, the darkness of this world doesn't want this to take place. So what does the darkness of this world do? The Choshech, the Klipo, the evil, the Yitzhara, they try to throw a person into sadness. Because a person can't do mitzvot properly if he doesn't have simcha. And the main punishment, in, for example, Parashat Kitavo, part of all the 98 curses in Parashat Kitavo. And what does it say there? I think I mentioned this last time I was here. Tachat asher lo avadetem et Hashem elokechem besimcha uvtuv levav. All these curses, the crazy things, people eating their children, and chas, the crazy things in Parashat Kitavo. Why? Because you didn't serve Hashem, B'simcha. It doesn't say because you didn't serve Hashem, period. No, because you didn't serve Hashem. B'simcha. The simcha that we do the mitzvot is the vitality and the push to take the mitzvah and bring it up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because of that, the Yetzara, his goal and job is to break a person's morale. Every, Rav Nassim says this, it's phenomenal when you think about it. Everything happening in your life all the tests and challenges and he's going through some issues and everything that they get they categorize us and what we go through in life everything is to make you feel bad about your situation and by feeling bad about the situation to fall into atzvut that's what the Yetzar wants once Rabbeinu said it's in Sichot Aran that more than the Avera itself the Yetzar is concerned about the after effect of the Avera, which is the sadness and depression that he falls a person into, to feeling guilty, feeling bad about himself, I didn't wake up on time, I have no value, I can't daven for minyan, I can't do things mitzvah, I, I don't have the normal normality to serve Hashem and just making me feel myself worse and worse and worse. This is the job of the Yetzirah. So what's needed is maximum force to do everything to be b'simcha. Rav Nossin's big advice, he gives many etzot. One of the big advices he gives is you have to look at the big picture. You have to, look, for example, when you look at a, 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 a paper, like very close, okay? When you look close, you see the details. Oh, there's a, there's a dot here, there's a stain here, there's a fold right over here, because I'm looking close. But when you look farther, ah, it's a nice clean paper. It's like, it's, and you look farther, you see, okay, you don't see the details, okay? When you see it closer, you begin to see the blemishes and the flaws. So Vlosin says, when you look at life, you, if you look at the tachlit, you look at the very end, 
where and when everything will be set right. We're now in Galut. We're going through our ups and downs personally, as a nation, as, part in, as the part in history before Mashiach comes at the end, the time that the Masechet Sota, the Gemara said, the Tanaim Amorim said, we don't want to be in this generation. We're in this time now, okay? It's part of a big picture where after Mashiach comes, everything's going to be set right. So why are you upset? Why, if you know that in the end, Hashem's going to have His way. The evil people we pushed off and Ami Yisrael be lifted up and everything I went to will be a kapara and a torment and I will be hainu semechin all the psukim of happiness. So if you look at the big picture, why are you so upside down? If you know in the end Hashem's going to have His way. I heard a story of a, of a mother and a daughter. They went through the whole Holocaust together and they survived everything. And her secret, when they asked her, what did you do? She said, I was always laughing. The Gestapo came, they took him on the train, and she was crying, she was laughing. the mother was laughing and laughing. They didn't touch her. Like, what is this lady? And she's laughing, and they said, why are you laughing? He said, because I saw the big picture that Hashem's going to have His way. There's going to be Nekama for the Goyim, right? We're laughing because people, when it's what's called short-lived and short-perspective situations, for sure everything is sad. When you look here and here, look at the details. It's like, for example, a parent who so wants the children to turn out good, so he looks at everything like this, right? <laughs> you didn't fix your pants like this, right? like this, walking and washing around like this. Every time he detailed, the parent is like, is on the child so much because he's looking at here. One second, take a, take a break, please. Go back here. Huh? What a cute little Yiddish child. Isn't he smiling? Aren't you happy for a child? I'll give him a hug. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he sweet? No, I'm looking here because you don't wake up on time. You don't do this. Come on. Go back. Push it back. This is a lesson, the Kutemar, lesson, Reish Nun, 215. Rabbeinu says, and Rav Nosen uses this idea for what we're speaking about here, that when, Rabbeinu, when Hashem wants to save a person and bring him an opening in life, the Yeshua comes from the future redemption. The future redemption is like a candle that you take other candles to light from and it doesn't extinguish, it doesn't diminish their initial fire. So too, the Yeshua that's going to be in the future is strong enough to help you in the present. So this is like Rav Nosen once told somebody who was very depressed, and he couldn't, he said, I told, told Rav Nosen, I can't daven, I can't be happy, I can't, I can't serve Hashem with joy. So Rav Nosen said, borrow it. Borrow the joy. Borrow the simcha from the future. It's an amazing concept. You need help for it, obviously. He says, Rav Nosen, for this reason, a person should not try to serve Hashem alone. He should be in an environment of good people, good yidin, and come close as best as possible to the tzaddikim. Because the idea of tzaddikim, as opposed to just learning Torah, like the guys here in America, some people, they're art school Jews. I have my art school sitter, my art school chumash, my daf yomi, and I have my local shir every week with the rabbi and, and the shul, and shalom alayin nafshin, that's my Judaism. Such a person will have challenges and not know how to deal with them. You need a tzaddik. What is the idea of a tzaddik? Is that he keeps on reminding you light. He sends you light of chizukin to be besimcha, to be happy, to be positive. That's why you need a tzaddik. Because he's shining constant light. Whenever you're going through a dead end, you're not alone. You have someone with you. Just by the way, if we're going to go into this a little, I like to go off a little. Rav Nosen explains this is why it's so, so important that Yidin today, before Mashiach come, put on also Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin. Yes. Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin, he says, Rav Nosen, in the Yechot Tfilin, that the court, the configuration of the Arba Parshot and the Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin is the mentality and setup of the tzaddikim. 
where it's the two parashiot are switched, the last two, where one is, is Rachamim and one is Din. And normal people in Rashi, it's the Rachamim, it corresponds to in the Kabbalah. The third parasha is Rachamim, the last one is Din. The last two are switched in Rabbeinu Tam, so Din is before Rachamim. And he says, this is how the tzaddik are able to serve Hashem. Like Rabbi Akiva is the classic example. They worked through Midat Adin, Midat Adin, and then they broke, the, they broke to become the tzaddikim. The average Yid, Amecha, we're not like that. We need step by step. We need patting on the back. We need chizuk. We need a love. We need a hug. We need chizukim in order to bring us into Hashem. We need that. So we're not at that level. So what can I do? The tzaddikim, though they have it, they made it. They're on top. So Rosen says something unbelievable. He says, putting on Rabbeinu Tam Tfilim, it's like he kashut the tzaddik. It's like you're attaching yourself to the tzaddik. And more than that, he says he's doing bikur cholim. You're a sick guy, you're a poor mamash nebech, you're going through what you're going through. The tzad, by putting on Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin, the tzaddik comes to do a new bikur cholim every day. That's why it's so important not to, to skip. I heard from, once from Rav Shimon Shapira, we have six membership rules to have to join the Breast of Membership Club. <laughs> There's six rules, three from Rabbeinu, and three from the Anshei Shlomeinu. The three from Rabbeinu, you, you know for sure, is Rabbeinu said every day, a Jew has to learn halacha every day, no matter what. This is your key for sanity. Not just at a good etza, it's a good etza. This is to maintain your sanity, because what halacha does, I know I'm going off a little bit, this is very important to hear. What halacha does is not just besides, oh, I know the halacha, I know the idea. What halacha does is it makes clarification. Until you knew the halacha, Everything was mixed in. What's, what's mutar, what's asur, what's kasher, what's, what's not kasher, what's tameh, what's tahor. Everything was mixed up. When a psak halacha comes separate, feeling like this is okay. The bracha like this is okay. When you have clarification in halacha, it does automatically it's the same thing inside of you. This is lesson 8 Likutei Moran and lesson 62 Likutei Moran, where the halacha does a beru. It does a separation, so you have clarification. Most people, they're going nuts. I don't know what to do, what to do, because everything inside of them is so mumble-jumbled. Of course they can't think clearly. Even tell such a person to do it, they won't help. Because everything is like mixed up. What we do first, halacha separates. Then you know what to daven about. You have a, an idea, a glimpse of what to daven about. Then you can do the Yidvodidut. So stage one is halacha every day, no matter what. Even on Yom Kippur, even on Tisha B'Av. The day doesn't finish, it doesn't uh, take place until I learn the two halacha for my, for, my, for my life saving. This is my life support system. This is for me, for survival. Not just to know the halacha. I have my, I have my on halacha. Fine, you're doing it. But what it's doing is healing. It's a refuah. It's a refuah. It, it be, if, we, if we go beyond, in lesson 54, Rabbeinu says that the clarification of the medameh, the distorted imagination is learning halacha. And it could be very well that people today who have all types of psychological upside down things, if the advice of learning halacha was inculcated in these people, they would probably be very much healed. 90% of the healing would take place already by just getting them to learn halacha every day. All these, you have these people coming to Rabbanim, all types of questions, and we ask them, do you learn halacha? No, I don't halacha. Well, start learning halacha for your refuah. Not just to know the halacha, but for your refuah. It's a cleansing, it's a birur. This is number one that Rabbeinu said. Number two is eat bodedut every day, no matter what. Okay, if it's an hour or not, that's another thing. But to make that connection with God, whatever you can do. Start with five minutes, start with ten minutes, but make that kesher. All this is for your sanity also, for your health of the neshama. Because once 
you do halacha, and then you have an idea of what to dive in, then you have to do it. You have to, you have to express it. If you keep it in and just swallow what you're going through, it's just going to blow up inside afterwards. This is the Eitzavit Bodedut. And number three is the idea of traveling to a tzaddik on Rosh Hashanah, which Rav Nosin explains, if we're talking from the breast of perspective, this is, applies especially after the passing of Rabbeinu. Not just also, but especially after the passing of the tzaddik Rabbeinu, that, that, that this applies. This is the three from Rabbeinu, and the three from the rest of our Hasidim is to put on Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin every day, to go to the mikveh every day, because mikveh, Rav Nosen points out, is the same word for hope, tikva. It's in a pasuk in Ezra, when Ezra wanted to bring the Jews back from Bavel back to Eretz Israel, and they intermarried. They married Goyot, and Ezra was telling them to come back. He said, how can we come back? We married Goyot, we intermarried, and they said to him, Haim yesh mikva, is there hope? Rav Nosen points out, the proper grammar is Haim yesh tikva, with a tav, what's it with the mem mikveh? So Rav Nosen points out, from here you see a remez, that the idea of a mikveh, it's called a mikveh, is connected to the word for hope, because that's what the Pasuk used. Instead of tikva, used the word mikveh, and Rav Nosen guarantees. He says a Jew, no matter what he goes through in life, but he's makpid every day to go to the mikveh, no matter what, Obviously on days when we're allowed, and this is not Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur, a person, no matter what he's gone through in life, he'll leave this world clean. This is Rav Nosen talking, I'm not talking. Rav Nosen says, Mephorosh, you'll come out of this world clean by the mikveh every day. This gives you hope. That's why it's so important. Ayyid, he, he went through crazy things, he's done crazy things, go to the mikveh. Don't say, I'm finished anyway, so why should I go to the mikveh? What's going to do for me? No, the power of the mikveh is it can help anyone else. Everyone. So, and the third thing is the Tikkun Aklali. The Tikkun Aklali is one of the biggest refuot. It's the ten types of song, which is the healing of the neshama. You have it bodedud, which is your expression. But now to now start putting like the what's it called, the antibiotics to start healing. That's the like like tipul nimrats, intensive care unit healing. That's the Tikkun Aklali visitation. These are the six six membership codes to enter to enter Brestav. You have that. You have your membership card. You can come in. Bo Hashem, your You're part of the family. Okay. So now, we went off very much, Rabbeinu Tam, and this and that, okay? So going back to where we left off, okay? The mitzvot, the goal is to be besimcha, and to elevate, that's how we begin, to elevate the mitzvot. You need simcha to do mitzvot. You can't do anything positive in life if you're not happy. You need that. So this is why it's so fundamental to be happy, and this etzah of looking at the future, and for that, also having tzaddikim is a key prerequisite to have the simcha you need. Once you have simcha in life, things begin to move. Yes, things begin to move. He says there in Lesson 24 that when you do mitzvot b'simcha, it becomes contagious. It has influence. Your surrounding does change because of the simcha you're doing in the mitzvah. The mitzvah now begins to wake up the whole world, everything around you starts changing because of your simcha. We went at this last time I was there. You remember the story of Zusha and Rabbi Melech, the Halakha Rabbi Melech in the jail cell. Uh, the story I told it hundreds of times. I'll say it again because it's so important to say the story. Rabbi Melech and Zusha they reached a village and they were incognito. They were undercover. There was the tzaddikim. They went to do their tikkunim. They went in a way that no one recognized them, dressed up, everything, and they came to a shtetl that there was a curfew. After 9 p.m., anyone on the street, the, 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 the cops arrested them, put them in the local cell, the jail cell until the morning. In the morning, they check who they are and everything, and they let them go. So they reached quarter to nine, they reached the village, 
and they didn't have time to prepare the Achsanya, where they're going to stay, where they're going to sleep, and 9 p.m. they're on the streets. The police see them, they take Rav Zushar, <laughs> they know who they are, they put them in the jail cell, there was a big room with tons of mattresses on, around, and the toilet, the bathroom was in the middle of the room, so that means you can't dive in, you can't do anything because of the smell, and it's a graf shal rei, according to halacha, and the room was filled with goyim and yidin, Sebrochen mentioned, and everyone was upside down, innocent people, real criminals, and Rav Elimelech also was broken. And that's not fitting for a tzaddik Rav Elimelech to be so broken. What is this? Rav Zusha went up to him, he said, my brother, Rav Zusha was older, right? He said to Rav Elimelech, why are you, what's wrong? Are you not happy? You're not happy? He said, what do you want from me? It's like Gainam here. It's worse than Gainam. I can't daven. I can't learn. I can't say Kriyat Shema. I have to daven Mariv now. We can't daven Mariv. We can't say Kriyat Shema. We're stuck. We're stuck. How can I be happy? I have nothing to hold on to. So Rav Zusha told him, Adjaba, just opposite. Hashem took you, Mr. Super Duper Perfect Tzaddik, Rav Elimelech, that you never missed Mariv in your life, to give you the opportunity to do the mitzvah like this, where the halacha says in Shulchan Aruch, that when you're in such a situation like this, and you can't daven because you're in front of a toilet, for example, there's, a, there's, a, there's an excrement, whatever, and there's the smell. So the halacha is, you say in your heart, I want to do your will. But I can't because of the situation, the scenario that I'm in. That it should be considered as if I did the mitzvah. And Allah says, this ke'ilu is valid. The ke'ilu, I did it. You're accredited to the mitzvah. Ke'ilu, you did it. So my brother, what are you upset about? You're doing the mitzvah in this format. He said, you're right. Why am I sad? And he started dancing because he really appreciated his brother saving him. It's like it's such a darkness. And someone puts cold water in such a situation, it was really mamash inspiring. They started dancing together. All the inmates are watching these two Yidin dance and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They saw them looking at them, they grabbed everybody and they made a big circle dancing around the, the toilet. The warden hears everyone singing and screaming. He's, he came and said, what's the noise? What is this? They said, it's because of the toilet. He said, oh really? He opened the, room, the cell, he took out the toilet, okay? And then what happened? Rav Zusha told him, now you can dive in. There's no more smell, there's no more graf you can dive in now. So that, the solution came because of the Simcha. Rav Nosen, he builds such a, a, a foundation. It's just phenomenal. He says at least five times that if you activate Simcha, the Pasuk here from Yeshayahu is on the future redemption. It says there that when Mashiach comes and the Jews from Borough Park come back to Eretz Yisruah, okay? Ki besimcha tetzehu, which means what? You're going to come accompanied with all the, what's it called, the Philharmonic Orchestra, I don't know, they're going to come with all their violins and everything. It's going to be with simcha and music and everything, okay? So Rav Nosen explains it a bit different. Just one second, please. I want to cover the pictures here, high-profile pictures. Here we go. Okay, let's hope it works. Doesn't work, I don't know why. I'm trying to cover pictures. Okay. If you can figure it out. Ki besimcha tetzehu. You know him, but we just need to cover it up. Doesn't work. I, I did this high profile pictures, doesn't work either. Okay, we said we'll leave it on like this. Okay, fine. So Kibesimcha Tetzehu, Rav Nosan explains like this: that through joy, through the part, the pshat of the pasuk is 
you were with joy. And Rav Nosen explains it like this, Ki besimcha, through the joy, tetzeu, you get out. Of what? Get out of what? Out of anything. Rav Nosen, he says it four or five times, you can see for yourself, that the Eitzah of Simcha is so strong when you're stuck and there's no solution. Like in the case of Rav Elimelech, there was no solution. What created the solution? Was there dancing? And then who would have imagined the, the warden would take out the bathroom and then they could have it now? That's like the last thing you'd think would happen? And that's what happened. An opening that wasn't there, that's what Simcha does, okay? So this is the power of what Simcha does. It lifts a person up, that his mitzvot are now enhanced. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not easy to do, but it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a hashka, but it's worth it. When a person really, really works on happiness, and like, for example, one morning, he says, I'm going to begin to appreciate the tefillin I'm going to put on this morning. And the person really prepares himself to feel the schut, the merit that I have, the honor and the merit to put on Hashem's keter on me and the crown and the tefillin, and he feels that joy, it's contagious. It has an influence on the rest of the day. They say, right, the way you wake up in the morning, it has the, rest of the, the rest of the day goes after that. You wake up on the wrong side of bed, so it's like a domino effect. Mitzvot are the same thing. When you choose to do a mitzvah b'simcha, it begins to have a domino effect on everything. So Rabbeinu goes on in Lesson 24, that now that the mitzvah begins to wake up the whole creation to Hashem, this is the prerequisite to activate what's called bracha, blessings. Bracha, the Zohar teaches, the word baruch, Baruch stands for, bracha is blessing, right? Blessing is, what, what is bracha? That we're receiving shefa, bounty, and life from the infinite light, from or and sof. The Tikkun Zora says that Baruch stands for birkot kol umekor kol. Sorry, sorry, I made a mistake. Birkot rosh, birkot rosh, the blessings of the mind, the intellect, the head, and the source umekor kol, the source of everything. Meaning, the Zohar says the main bracha is the bracha of sechel, the bracha of knowing Hashem. Like we say in Pirkei Avot, da'at kanita, machasarta. Da'at chasarta, makanita. If you have da'at of Hashem, you have everything. Even a little tiny apartment, 50 square meters, and hardly anything to eat. And you have da'at, you're the happiest person in the world. But you have the big Lamborghini and the big five garage mansion, don't worry, King's Point, I don't know. I'll be uh, ready. Uh, we are uh, uh, ready for the kid. You have all the Gashmutes, but you don't have that. Asma Kanita, what do you have? You have absolutely nothing. It's empty because you're just full of tourists, tourists. What does it help to have a nice Lamborghini house if you're just afterwards unhappy? What does it help? It has no value. Huh? I can't hear you. You can show up in style. <laughs> if it has no dot, it will make you happy. It won't make you happy. You need that to be happy. For it to make you happy, you need that. Then whatever Hashem sends you away, you're happy. You, you, you take it and you're, you're okay with it. That was Rabbeinu Akadosh's secret. Rabbi Yudanasi, Rabbi Ashi, Moshe Rabbeinu, is that they had wealth, but they had that. Right? They had that. And they had wealth, but the dot. Was, was enhancing the wealth they needed. Rabbeinu explains Lesson 60 why Tzadikim need wealth, because that's the way to transmit the Torah. The Itboninut of the Torah, you need what's called Kol Honda Alma, all the money in the world you need for the Ta'at of the Torah. So Tzadikim, yes, they have a wealth because their job is to transmit. Rabbeinu, everyone's learning Mishnah, everyone's learning Gemara, everyone knows the Chumash, because these Tzadikim, which are major transmissions of the Torah, 
had to make it in the format that it will be for Alam Yisrael, so they needed the wealth. But they had that. If there was no that, it wouldn't do the job. Okay? So also in our case, the main bracha is, has da'at inside it. When you have da'at, that's the key for everything. <coughs> to aim for the sechel. Because in 200, you have 100, the Gemara says. If you aim for the goal there, automatically you have the tiny things, everything fits in. Okay? So this is the main bracha activated through a mitzvah. Through doing a mitzvah b'simcha, you get bracha. The result of this bracha is that, we didn't get to the topic yet, we have to get to where we have to get to. Like how long it took to get there. Okay? What happens is when a person now reaches this high level, he's now going up and up and up and up. If he continues going up, he'll disintegrate. Because the way of a person is when he sees light in life, he drops everything and runs to it. The classic example is Har Sinai. Har Sinai, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu twice, Hagbel et Ahar. You have to put a fence around Har Sinai. Why? Because Rashi says there, when the Jews see the intensity of Hashem's revelation, they said, just forget everything. Oh my God! And they start running to Hashem. So Hashem warned Moshe, you have to make a fence around it. And he warned them a second time. Moshe said, but you already warned us. He says, still, Apapichen, you have to warn us. After, yeah, they have to warn them a second time because they're going to forget it. Okay? This is how it is. When a Jew has light shining, the, the nature of a person is to go full force. Okay? Anytime you see light, it's a shining of the infinite light. You see this in the Gematria of all. All is what? Aleph is one. Vav is six, that's seven. And Reish 200. 207 is the exact same Gematria as Ein Sof. Ein Sof. Aleph, one, 10, 50, 60, 6, 80, 207. Meaning what? This is for everybody. Whenever any Jew, any person really, has an ambition to do something in life, even if it's to become like a doctor to open a business or a gashmiut, kol sheken for spiritual pursuits. What's shining to you is the Ain Sof itself. Hashem's infinite light is shining light to you. You don't see it. It's like Hashem's aura is coming. There's a wall here, and behind the wall is coming down the light. The person feels this, and his tendency is to run after the light, to go after where the light is. If it's an ambition, if it's a goal, if it's a dream, and in Ruchnit also, it's a goal to become a tzaddik, to finish us, to work on my midot, to become more refined, to work on my characteristics, to work on my simcha, and I'm positive and I have a direction. So it's the light of the Ain Sof shining to me, and the tendency is when Hashem is shining His light to me, I will run after it. So when a person now is on the run, on the go, because things are shining to him, he goes up and up and up, and Hashem knows when the person reaches the border. There's a border that if this person passes it, it'll be too much light, and the person will conk. He'll conk out, okay? He'll have such an aliyah, and then have such a crash afterwards, okay? So what Hashem, sorry, sorry, he'll disappear. So what Hashem does is he puts a wall here, the person bounces back. This is the daily uh, battle that we have of ups and downs. The down basically is things were going good. Like the morning started off amazing and I went to work, someone this, and the coffee spilled on me and I missed the bus and I lost this business deal or I had a, such a great day and I came home, my wife started screaming at me, she wasn't happy with this and that. Each person has it differently but you have it on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, okay? Some people even more. You have this challenge that you have a bounce back 
And what's the natural feeling? Dejection, rejection, you know, what is this? I would think, I'm never going to get to my goal if this is always happening. It's happening for 20, 30, 40 years. Must speak, Daikra. What, uh, come on, Hashem, where I'm not advancing. Always a bounce. I go up. I'm scared to start being good because I'm not going to handle the bounce back. Why should I even start the, if I know it's waiting for me? I'm scared. I'm scared to approach it. I'm scared to try to be good, try to be excited because I know I'm going to have the bounce back. Here, Rav Nosen explains this is the secret of becoming a man. Becoming a man is in this scenario. Okay? What happens when a person is going up? Simcha. Simcha is an emotion. Like the Pasuk says, Natata Simcha Belibi. Okay? Lev, the place of Lev is the regish, the heart. The heart is the place of emotion. We know that already. And Simcha, which is the drive for ambition and a goal to do something, to start a family, to do this, whatever, is also an emotion. Okay? Now, what happens is a person hits this boundary. At that point, he has to be, he has to have the schut to switch from emotion mode to what's called intellectual mode, brain, okay? If now person with the bounce back continues with his emotions, what begins? This happened to me and this happened and 10 years ago, I was, I, the guy looks at his like wedding pictures, whatever, I was such a good person, such a sincere, and I was such a able. And look what happened to me now. I'm such a fat, schleppy, kachash, lamazl, and this, and I'm not getting anywhere in my life. And I never came to Shah's, I never did this. The person with the bounce back continues with the emotions, danger zone. He's in for chasr shalom, yehush. He's in for the fall of his life, to the extent that he'll have a crash and not get back up. Rabbeinu calls the bounce back in an amazing terminology. He calls it, it's called the Mesader Umeyashev Shelamochin. To elaborate, to explain, it's like this. It means the settling and organization of the mind. That's what it means. But now we have to explain the idea. For example, a guy has a warehouse and he bought tons of inventory, okay? And the, the, the trucks are coming with the inventory one after the next. So one truck comes, you know, from Istanbul with all, the, all this inventory. Yeah, I'll put the box here. Okay, he puts the box. And while they're, while they're still unloading, another truck comes, okay? And it's another, another shipment that came from the Philippines. Okay, over here. And everything is just mixed up, okay? And another from Italy comes, and then from, from South America, the nice orange, the Clementine oranges, right here. Okay, he brings the oranges, they come in, put them in here. So how does the warehouse look? It's mumbled. I need time to what's called to, to organize this inventory. I have to organize inventory, right? That's what they say. The mind, when a person is advancing in life, when you learn another page of Gemara, another Mishnah, another Chassidut, another Tefillin, another Davening, when there's an advance, you're absorbing inventory. Every time you do a mitzvah, it has, a, it has an effect on you that you're absorbing. You're not the same person you were 10 years ago. Because in between now and 10 years ago, there's 10 years of Tefillin, 10 years of Davening, 10 years of Kriyat Shema, 10 years of mitzvah. You're not the same person. You're not the same person. You have tons of inventory coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. Okay? Now you're going up. You need to settle the inventory. You want to internalize Hashem's Ein Sof. You need to be ready for it. You have to be prepared. If you keep, if you're always going on up mode to absorb, 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 it's not going to happen. Your inventory is not settled. So Hashem makes a bounce. He says the sphere of Keter does that bounce back. It pushes a person to have what's called the Hamten. For the famous lesson 6, Likutei Moran, and lesson 24, Keter is Milashon, Katar Lizeer Vachaveka. 
Rabbeinu says in lesson 6, which is the Torah of Elul, where the breast of his Lord Elad, that Keter means weight. This is a pasuk from Eov, where the Eov posed a tough question about questioning Hashem's ways. His friend said, wait for me, Katar Zeher, give me a second to just recollect my mind, and I'll answer you. I'll give you a good, a good clear answer, okay? Vachaveka. So Keter is a sphera that forces the person to wait. You want to advance? Wait. Why bounce back? This, he says, organizes your inventory. You're absorbing. You've, you've advanced in life. Yes. We want you now to organize and appreciate what you have until now. But I have to keep on going. We push you back into the darkness. What this allows you is now to settle the mind. Okay, which means now, if I continue on emotion mode, it's not going to happen. I have to now switch to now examine the inventory. No emotions. No emotions. Bounce back. No emotions. Just sechel. Because if you continue emotions, you're going to feel guilty, you're going to feel depressed, you're going to feel bad, because they pushed you back. But they pushed you back to build your, to, to, you have to fix it, you have to settle yourself. He says, Rabbeinu, in Lesson 24, when this bounce back that takes, that takes place, you create what's called nine chambers. What are these nine chambers? The, 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 the way a, a human mind works is in three sections called Chokhmah, Bina, Da'at. Every Jew, every human being, in their daily living, there are times you use what's called the faculty of Chokhmah, the faculty of Bina, and the faculty of Dad. Chokhmah is, there's a new piece of information coming into your life. The Bina assesses it. Lavin, I have to understand, okay, what does this mean to me, what I do? And that is the conclusion of what you're going to do. This takes place, for example, you get a phone call, okay, they only have this type of soap, should I buy the other one? So the information came your way, now you have to use Bina to assess, one second, the last time it made me itchy, and I thought, should I buy it or not? And then the dad says, okay, yeah, I can buy it or no, I don't want it. That's on a very physical level. Ruchniut also, every time to make a decision, okay, I want to invest money to buy a house now in Eretz Yisrael, or should I buy one in the Borough Park? You have now, the wisdom comes your way of an opportunity, that's an idea, a logic, and then the Bina is to assess it, to see if it fits in, and the Dad makes the conclusion. Everyone has it, okay? So when you're going up and up and up with your Dad, but I'm now in emotion mode, because I'm happy, I did mitzvot and I'm going up, and it's a high, it's light, light is an emotion also, it's, a, it's always is an emotion. So when this bounce pushes me back, the Chokhmah Bina Dat, they get mixed up now because the inventory is mixed up. My inventory that I brought in, everything's mumbled and jumbled. There's Chokhmah here, Bina there, Dad, and but it has to be now organized. So the bounce back forces the three to be mixed, but now in a configured, it's Meyashevu Misader. Rabbeinu's wording is amazing. Settling and calming of the mind. Take a break. Take a break. What do you take a break? I'm advancing. Everything was great. Take a break. Go back into the darkness. Why? What is this? Because this is going to build you like nothing else in your life will build you. You want to experience the infinite light? You want to pursue the light and have it inside of you? Something which is impossible to perceive and yet be able to perceive it? Two opposites in one? Accept the bounce back, but be intellectual now. Don't be in emotion mode because it won't work out. Okay? This, Rabbeinu says, if you master this, when you hear this, you're going to say to yourself, who can do this? <laughs> I see my daily challenges. How many times I blow up in one day? <laughs> Where am I holding, you know? I, I'm emotion, emotion, emotion. It takes work. But this is the level of the tzaddikim, obviously. But this is a goal for every single Jew on a personal level. The more you work on it, the more you daven about it, the more you believe in this system, the more you begin to remember, hey, before I just crack and blow up, 
I remember this idea, let me just take it easy again to remember the intellectual mode. Now it's intellectual mode, no emotions right now. They push me back, now in order to think, I have to think. You know, like we see many people, when they have like a trauma, they go blank. Because they're all emotion, so when the trauma hit them, they stayed in the emotion, they're like, I can't think straight, I can't do what to do, I need someone outside, and chavush matir someone who's in jail, can't free himself, I need a friend to give me good advice, because he can think clearly. I'm in the traumatic panic situation, so I can't think clearly, because I'm just all emotion. What Rabbein was teaching us, he's training every Jew to be super duper calm. I'm just remembering a story, this book just came out, I have to bring it up. This beautiful book will be available hopefully next week in two weeks. This amazing person, Rev Rosenfeld, there's an amazing story here, how people were with him. One of the things they, 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 they noticed of, of him is that when, for example, he, took a, he liked to drive, he never accepted a lift from anybody unless he was the driver. He says, you can get a lift, but I want to drive. <laughs> okay. So sometimes it happened, he turned by accident like to a dangerous neighborhood in Harlem or whatever, made a wrong turn. And they noticed they never saw him, like, blow up. He was able to maintain cool intellect and think clearly in situations. That's a, that, when you hear that, that's a, that's a ma'ala. But that's a goal, and it's possible. It's tangible. It's within reach. It's a, such a bracha that a person can maintain cool. You know, that's unbelievable. That a person can know when to be in emotional mode and when to be intellectual mode. And most people, it's the opposite. You know, they use intellectual when you're supposed to be emotional. You're like uh, davening, for example, is supposed to be an emotional avodah. People want intellect. So you have many people while they're davening, they have to open the safer and they're looking at the safer because <laughs> they, they need the intellect in the. But it's, it's emotion time. No, I can't. And then when they're supposed to mafil, to work, the intellect, oh my God, what's the, they, they go into the emotion mode. They switch exactly. It has to be reversed. There's a time for emotion to grow. Simcha, mitzvah, that's emotion. And then they hit back. When most people are emotion, you're supposed to be intellectual to be the brain, okay? Rabbeinu teaches here, and Rav Losin goes into this, you maintain this balance, you'll make it. If now you don't blow up, you don't allow the bounce back to let you explode, which in the, that's the case, you just crash, and you maintain cool intellect, you create these nine vessels, which then serve as a vessel to perceive the infinite light, which means, you begin to understand things in life that even if you were to learn Shas and Poposkim a million years, you wouldn't get these ideas. It comes through this experience of what's called Redifa and Me'akev. Running and then being pushed back. Every Jew, no matter what, experiences it. Most people brush it off, but when it happens to a person, it's your opportunity. Hashem is calling you that He knows you have a potential to reach a level of who you really are, your real self, Bezat Hashem. That's why it's happening. Hashem only tests someone who he knows has a potential. If you're a nobody, Hashem won't test you. The famous analogy, right in the hospital, beep, 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 the person is going through, that's what Rav calls it, up and down. And then, okay, the, 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 the Hashem, he loves me, he's putting me to his test. Most people, they think, why does Hashem hate me so much? Why are you putting me in all this garbage? Just opposite, your perspective is totally wrong. It's Hashem knows you're not just a street cleaner, you're not just a nobody, a hobo, and a, 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 a janitor for, for bathrooms. You have something that other people don't have. That's why you're going through this. Hashem wants to build you. How are you taking what you're going through? Are you intellectual at the time you have to be intellectual? Or are you emotional? That's the key now. Okay? This is what Rabbeinu portrays and gives in the Likutei Moran Lesson 24. Rav Nosen, he, as an extension, 
he says that this is the whole secret of marriage, by the way. Okay? The wife, she, she is the man's biggest keter, the biggest crown, the biggest bounce back. It's entered to in a pasuk from Mishle, Eshet Chayil, Ateret Ba'ala. You know, there's two pasukim, Eshet Chayil Mi'imtza, what we say in the last chapter from Mishle, and there's another pasuk, Eshet Chayil, Ateret Ba'ala. The wife of valor, she's the crown, Atara. She's the crown of her husband. Meaning what? It's the wife's job to put the man on the bounce back. So now, when that happens, the trick of the man is to maintain intellect and not emotion. That's the trick. That's where most marriages fall, by the way, is at that point. Then instead of using the intellect, I use my emotion. You're supposed to use the intellect, not the emotion. She's emotion, yes, because that's her job, to push you back. I don't care how she is and everything. That doesn't matter. She's a keter. The pasuk says, her job is just when, when the brakes have to be put, Hashem sends her ding, 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 like antennas to put you on the brake back. Your attitude now will determine everything in the follow-up. She's here to help you to, to reach the end sof now. This Hashem sent her that way. Then now, if you take it intellectually, a practical example of this, for example, the man comes home, right? He comes late. He, you said you'd be home in 20 minutes, right? And then starts screaming and this and that. And she goes the whole thing, even divorce and your parents and the Tretem I don't know, everything over there. So the man, he hears all this, for example. And he says, I just want to make sure I understood you correctly. Let's say over what you said. What are you talking about? You finished screaming? No! And she keeps on screaming. You finished now? No! You keep on screaming. After like five, four times, you finished? Yeah, what do you want to say? What? Okay, let me just want, just want to assess what you said. Can I just say over what you said, please? And the man starts to like A, B, C, D. Right. Is this correct? And yes, yeah, yeah. I understand you totally. I can relate to what you're saying. The man, he listens to, he, he begins to express what she's saying out of emotion. He now expresses it just with the intellect. You said A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? It's a lot of work, obviously. But Rabbeinu in this lesson gives the key for that, okay? And then when she sees that he's not emotion, she stops her shooting her guns or her pistols. There's no need because he didn't blow up. The test was to see if he's going to be emotional or intellectual. He succeeded in doing the intellect that creates the nine chambers visitation. Okay? Unbelievable. This Rabbeinu reveals in lesson 24. Rav Nosen takes in the Kutel Achot and he shows how this applies throughout life. This is one example of marriage. This also applies in business. We're friends. People, you know, people online in the bus and in the restaurant and this guy pushes me and he starts screaming at me. Your attitude will determine everything. If you maintain intellect as opposed to emotion, you won. You pass the test. The guy in front of you in the line, he wants you to blow up. You want to start off with me, huh? You understand? I was first. You're first. You want to start with me? And you, and you just come. Uh, excuse me, uh, can I understand what you're trying to say? What? Yeah, you, you're, he said, I can hear what you're saying. Yeah, okay. You maintain a cool, you won. You won the test. You now create the miss. You're being pushed back? Yes. Okay, you want to go first? Go first. You technically do lose out, but you really gained. You let whatever is happening to try to overrun. No problem, I give you your room. You let the situation run over you, but they didn't run over you. They take over you. You just... You've maintained the calm while everyone else is exploding, the situation is exploding, you maintain the calm, you won. 
you won big time because you passed the test, you maintained intellect, so the bounce back is not really a bounce back, it's not a preparation to receive the infinite light. This is the Hasagot, Rav Nosan explains, the infinite light is all these things you begin to understand through life that no one can tell you about. That's kol chad kfum ma dimsha'er belibe. right? On the Pasuk, noda basha'arim ba'ala, the Zohar says, each person according to how they understand in their heart. There's a level of intellect that you can't be taught from a Rebbe, from a teacher, from a book. It comes through Misha'er, the Sha'ar, the gates of the hearts. The heart is emotion, but there's a gate leading to the intellect, to the Orient Sof, and the person can perceive it through managing the hearts, putting it in its place. Okay, well, this was the first part of the class. What I wanted to lead up to now was this part now. I present to everyone here a 40-day challenge on everything we spoke about tonight. Everything tonight came from a lesson in Likute Moran, Lesson 24. If you don't know yet how the Likute Moran works, it works like no other book in the Torah. Likute Moran, as you learn the lesson, you begin to activate it in your life, which means you begin to see things happening and changing and signs and amazim, whatever you want to call it, that are happening due to the learning of the lesson. Even though this is true of the whole Torah, but who sees this? Are you like a big tzaddik that you can see in the daf yomi, the daf of the blazing gemara, all the hints and the ramazim of what's happening in the world? You need eyes of tzaddikim. The pasuk says, "Eni Hashem el tzaddikim." Right? Rabbi Nachman explains in the Kutemuran, "Eni Hashem el tzaddikim." The tzaddikim have the eyes of Hashem. They have X-ray eyes. When a tzaddik sees a gemara, he sees inside out the whole world in the gemara. When he sees a, a pasuk, a midrash, a mishnah. He sees unbelievable things, but the average yid doesn't see that, okay? The Kutemoran sticks out in that even a regular Jew, a Joshmo, he learns it, he begins to see things open up. But, what we do? Okay, so what? I need to get to see things. I need help, man. I need help to change, okay? It can be compared to a person has a sickness, a malady, a skin disease on, let's say, his left arm. And it was a very expensive uh, cream, 500 bucks it cost him to get it, and he finally bought it. So he walks out of the pharmacy, I have it! I have the cure! You idiot, you dodo brain, apply it on the wound. You know, you have it, you have it in your hand, great, you have it, but apply it. So Rav Nossin explains, this concept called la'asot mitorot tfilot, to turn Torah lessons into prayers, where, what does that mean? That the tzaddikim reveal super duper ideas and bring them down to you. And now you want to direct it to make changes in your life. So what's needed is asiyah. Asiyah, Rav Nosan explains, is the idea of davening, of prayer. The asiyah of the Torah is, okay, you learned halacha, now go ahead and do it. Yeah, you think that's how it's going to let you now do it? You learn a Muslim Sefer, go and change. Yes, how it's going to let you change? No. The bridge between learning and doing is davening. You have to daven about it. You have, to, you have to actually express and ask Hashem, help me to do this. I want to, this is what's going to bridge between the potential and the actual is the davening. Rav Nossin, under Rabbi Nachman's guidance and hints, he picked up the hints, he wrote a book on the Likutei Moran called the Likutei Tfilot. These are prayers on the lessons of Likutei Moran and they actually explain the Likutei Moran and they bring out the essence plus help you express your connection to these ideas. So what happens is, when you learn a lesson in the Kutei Moran, and it begins to wake up in your life, and you daven about it also, it's changes. It's now changes of healing. It's a refuah. 
it's a therapy. We present to you, I have present, prepared here, two PDF files. One PDF file is the entire lesson, but not from the Likute Moran, but from the Kitsa Likute Moran. The Kitsa Likute Moran is under Binachman's instructions. He told Rav Nosen, I want you to organize now all the points that come out of every lesson in Likute Moran. Since Likute Moran is a deep book, because Rabbi Nachman, when he says an idea, he brings Psukim, he brings Zohar, he brings Midrash, he expects you to know everything. And when you're learning the Kutimar, you can get lost, you can forget why you're learning it. You can learn it as a learning, and then you get into it, but the goal is to change. So Rabbi Nachman knew that. He instructed Rabbi Nachman, you have to make an abridged version where it's all the points. It's so powerful, even the abridged Kutimar, learning about the ideas, activates them. It's one of the eight, there's 18 rules in learning the by the way. That's on the side. I don't want to go into much, but, but it's that when you learn these Torahs, they begin to change you. They begin to awaken, okay? So we have a PDF with this entire lesson, also in English, Lashon Kodesh in English, and the entire prayer, Rav Nosen, and its translation, and a second PDF file of a 40-day challenge. Why 40? 40 is very simple. We saw last week's parasha. Moshe went up, Arbaim Yom, Arbaim Laila, Lechem Lochalti. The number 40 in Chazal is a unit to accomplish. Rav Nosen himself said once, the best way to get something moving in life is to daven for it 40 days. You all heard of Gedai Fenster's 40-day challenge. You know, people who listen to Gedai Fenster, 40-day challenge. It comes from Rav Nosen, it comes from the Torah. 40 days is a unit that you can see clarity. Did I see a change? Did I see enough change? You want to continue. So it's a challenge for all of you. We have prepared for you the whole lesson and the, and, the liquid, and, the, and the prayer, plus a chart for 40 days how to do it. Okay? For, if you're not doing this anyways, what do you have to lose? If you have your own life and you're already learning, doing his bodhidus and liquidate field and you see, feel good about it, so it's not for you. If now you feel you can do, you, you need this, this can help you a lot, this idea of the balance of the intellect and the emotions and the simcha, and you really want this in your life, Consider, here we're starting Rosh Chodesh Elul Sunday, 40 days till Yom Kippur. Consider a 40-day challenge with the Yamim Noraim to help you into it, to, to activate it every day until on Yom Kippur you can see a change. So here at Son, Hashem, we should be Mikhaim Zayim. Consider seriously the power of the Rebbe. If you see this in your life changing, this is a, is a bomb. This, if this can spread in the world, this can possibly help so many people come back this light of Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, which is not just for certain people, but it's for everybody. If it could be spread in this format as a therapy, it can bring back the whole world with Hashem. People can wake up and see how the Rebbe and his teachings are healing for any scenario, and you don't need to run elsewhere to find a solution. Everything is here already with Hashem. You're to believe in this, contact me, uh, whatever. People are listening online, so I have to mention this. It's or by email. So email is breastlovetherapy, B-R-E-S-L-O-V, therapy at gmail.com. Or by WhatsApp, WhatsApp, it's an American number, 732-800-1863. B'zat Hashem, which we zochet, feel Rabbeinu's light in our life. And B'zat Hashem, become better people and get out of our... Kibbe simcha tetzer. That's challenge number one. Challenge number two is... <laughs>